Chapter Seven of the Ship of Stars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Ship of Stars by Arthur Quiller Couch. Chapter Seven. George. It appeared that Honoria and Taffy were to do lessons together, and Mr. Raymond was to teach them this had been the meaning of his visit to trindonis house they began the very next day in the library of trindonis a deserted room carpeted with badgers skins and lined with undusted books works on farriery veterinary surgery and sporting subjects long rows of the annual register the armenian magazine taffy began by counting the badgers skins there were eighteen and the moths had got into them so that the draught under the door puffed little drifts of hair over the polished boards then he settled down to the first latin declension musa a muse vocative musa o muse genitive muse of a muse honoria began upon the a b c mr raymond brought a pile of his own books and worked at them scribbling notes in the margin or on long slips of paper while the children learnt a servant came in with a message from squire moyle and he left them for a while i call this nonsense said honoria how am i to get these silly letters into my head taffy was glad of the chance to show off oh that's easy you make up a tale about them see here a is the end of a house it's just like one with a beam across b is a cat with his tail curled under him watch me drawing it c is an old woman stooping and d is another cat only his back is more rounded once upon a time there lived in a cottage an old woman who went about with two cats one on each side of her that's how you go on but i can't go on you must do it for me well each of these cats had a comb and was combed every saturday night one was a good cat and kept his comb properly like e you see but the other had broken a tooth out of his that's f i expect he was a fulmart said honoria taffy agreed he didn't know what a fulmart was but he was not going to confess it so he went on hurriedly and honoria thought him a wonder they came to w so they got into a ship i'll show you how to make one out of paper exactly like w and sailed up into the sky for the ship was a ship of stars you make x's for stars but that's a witch ship so it stuck fast in y which is a clef ash stick and then came a stroke of lightning z and burnt them all up he stopped out of breath i don't understand the ending at all said honoria what is a ship of stars haven't you ever seen one no i have there's a story about it tell me about it i'll tell you lots of stories afterwards about the frog king and aladdin and man friday and the girl who trod on a loaf and the ship of stars eh, no taffy felt himself blushing 
that's one of the stories that won't come and they're the loveliest of all he added in a burst of confidence honoria thought for a moment but did not understand in the least all she said was what funny words you use she went back to her alphabet a house b cat it came more easily now after lessons she made him tell her a story and taffy who wished to be amusing told her about the valiant tailor who killed seven at a blow to his disgust it scarcely made her smile but after this she was always asking for stories and always listened solemnly with her dark eyes fixed on his face she never seemed to admire him at all for his gift but treated it with a kind of indulgent wonder as if he were some queer animal with uncommon tricks this dashed taffy a bit for he liked to be thought a fine fellow but he went on telling his stories and sometimes invented new ones for her george vile was much more appreciative sir harry had heard of the lessons and wrote to beg that his son might join the class so george wrote over three times a week to learn latin which he did with uncommon slowness but he thought taffy's stories stunning and admired him without a shade of envy the two boys liked each other and when they were alone taffy stood an inch or two higher in self-conceit than when honoria happened to be by but he took more pains with his stories if she was listening as for her lessons honoria got through them by honest plodding she never quite saw the use of them but she liked mr raymond she learnt more steadily than either of the boys one day george rode over with two pairs of boxing gloves dangling from his saddle after lessons he and taffy had a try with them in a clearing behind the shrubberies where the gardener had heaped his sweepings of dry leaves to rot down for manure but look here said george after the first round you'll never learn if you hit so wild as that you must keep your head up and watch my eyes and faint taffy couldn't help it as soon as ever he struck out he forgot that it was not real fighting and he felt ashamed to look george straight in the face for his own eyes were full of tears of excitement at the end of the bout when george said now we must shake hands it's the proper thing to do he looked bewildered for a moment it made george laugh in his easy way and then taffy laughed too after this they had a bout almost every day and he was soon able to hold his own and treat it as sport but somehow he always felt a passion behind it whispering to him to put some nastiness into his blows especially when honoria came to look on and he liked george far better than he liked honoria indeed he adored george and the monday wednesday and friday mornings when george appeared were the bright spots in his week lessons were over at twelve o'clock by one o'clock taffy had to be home for dinner loneliness filled the afternoons but the child peopled them with extravagant fancies he and george were crusaders sworn to defend the holy sepulchre and bound by an oath of brotherhood though george was a red cross knight and he a plain squire 
and after the most surprising adventures taffy received the barbed and poisoned arrow intended for his master and died most impressively with george and honoria and richard coeur de lion and most of the characters from ivanhoe sobbing round his bed there was a blondel variant too with george imprisoned in a high tower and a monstrous conglomerate tale in which most of the heroes of history and romance played second fiddle to george whose pre-eminence though occasionally challenged by achilles sir lancelot or the black prince was regularly vindicated by taffy's timely help this tale with endless variations actually lasted him for two good years the scene of it never lay among the tones but round about his old home or the well-remembered meadow at tewkesbury that was his plain of troy his field of crissy his lists of ashby de la Zouche. the high road at the back of the tones crossed a stream by a ford and a footbridge and the travelling postman if he had any letters for the parsonage would stop at the footbridge and blow a horn he little guessed what challenges it sounded to the small boy who came running for the post the postman came by as a rule at two o'clock or thereabouts one afternoon in early spring mr raymond happened to be starting for a walk when the horn was blown and he and taffy went to meet the post together there were three or four letters which the vicar opened and one for humility which he put in his pocket in the midst of his reading he looked up smiled over his spectacles and said oxford has won the boat race taffy had been deep in the fifth aeneid for some weeks and boat racing ran much in his mind who is oxford he asked mr raymond took off his spectacles and wiped them it came on him suddenly that this child whom he loved was shut out from many of his dearest thoughts oxford is a city he answered and added the most beautiful city in the world shall i ever go there taffy asked mr raymond walked off without seeming to hear the question but that evening after supper he told the most wonderful tales of oxford while taffy listened and hoped his mother would forget his bedtime and humility listened too bending over her guipure the love with which he looked back to oxford was the second passion of samuel raymond's life and humility was proud of it not jealous at all he forgot all the struggle all the slights all the grip of poverty to him those years had become an heroic age and men homeric men and so he made them appear to taffy to whom it was wonderful that his father should have moved among such giants and shall i go there too humility glanced up quickly and met her husband's eyes some day please god she said mr raymond stared at the embers of wreck wood on the hearth from that night oxford became the main scene of taffy's imaginings a wholly fictitious oxford pieced together of odds and ends from picture books and peopled with all the old heroes and so with contests 
on the models of the fifth aeneid the story went forward gallantly for many months but the afternoons were long and at times the interminable sand hills and everlasting roar of the sea oppressed the child with a sense of loneliness beyond words the rabbits and gulls would not make friends with him and he ached for companionship of that ache was born his half-crazy adoration of george bile there were hours when he lay in some nook of the towans peering on the ground seeing pictures in the sand pictures of men and regiments and battles shifting with the restless drift until unable to bear it he flung out his hands to efface them and hid his face in the sand sobbing george george at night he would creep out of bed to watch the lighthouse winking away in the northeast george lived somewhere beyond and again it would be george george and when the happy mornings came and george with them taffy was as shy as a lover so george never guessed it might have surprised that very careless young gentleman when he looked up from his verbs which governed the dative and caught taffy's eye could he have seen himself in his halo there End of chapter seven